Welcome to Lost Levels Club. Welcome to Lost Levels Club. Have with me tonight, Sir Michael. Hello. And myself. Timothy. Hello. We're a book club for games. And today we are. Finally. <laughs> today we're going to do our second part for Two Point Hospital. <laughs> Ta-da! Good things come to those who wait. It's very controversial. We did have some reservations about doing a two-parter, but I think it's, it's going to be fine. Although we had some reservations about doing a two-parter, and then we also got some feedback like, I'm not sure why you're doing a two-parter on Tuba Hospital. And I was like, I know, right? <laughs> I mean, the real reason is because Ting wanted to play more, and he's got like an actual real life to juggle. <laughs> so, But we have things to say. Yeah, we, we definitely, it's true. We do have things to say. I mean, my second half of the playthrough is mostly going to be anecdotes of things that went horribly wrong. And Ting's, I think, is a little bit more <laughs> game design structured, which is good. I love Which it. is good. But everyone wants to hear how Mike's things are going wrong. That sounded... <laughs> yeah, it's like, how the mighty have fallen. How you have gone from the max to the min. Dragging me down. That's right. Down into the mud. I played 38 hours in total. I got to the last level, Crockenbush, but I did not finish it. In fact, I barely started it. I literally like loaded into the level and looked at it and I was like, yeah, I'm done. And then I never went back. I also didn't three star any of the hospitals after the surgery one. So, you know, I got three stars on, on the one that introduces surgery. Smogly. But after that, I just, I just got to the end of the game by one starring everything, and even that, you know, even that took a long time actually. Yeah, this is actually a re- it's a big game, even just the base game. How about you? Mm, you shouldn't trust my stats because I'm a, there's a lot of starting and stopping. But according to Steam, it's forty hours. And what did I do after Smogly? which I three-starred, I just tried to two-star everything, but I didn't get very far at all. I just two-starred the public hospital, and then I'm not sure how many stars I got in the one after. But this game is really grindy. Yeah, that's the thing. It just takes so long, you know? And I think, like, two stars and three stars are much harder to get than the one star. That's why I was like, I'm just going to one-star it and move on. Because, you know, I mean, it is kind of fun trying to get two stars three stars like there are a few levels where i'm like i feel like i'm kind of close to two stars maybe i should just go for it but then i saw like oh but i have to cure a hundred patients with this or i need like a 90 percent cure rate and i was like that might take another hour or it might take another eight hours you know like i'm just gonna move on and so i was focused on getting to the end of the game and so i did so i remember early on after our commitment to the second recording you messaged me and said Think it's all gone wrong. And rarely am I and I was quite happy about that. <laughs> yeah, you had Schadenfreude. You were like, yes. We were right. Enjoy being a failure, loser. No, that's not how it went at all. It was just the second part was justified. Now we have a story to tell. Yeah, because I think I ended part one of Two Point Hospital going like, this game's easy. Just get three stars, dummy. You know, <laughs> just like, just do it. It's easy. You know, like, I don't understand how it's going wrong. Like, literally, right after we finished recording the app, I was like, I'm just going to get the third star in Smogly. And then it all went totally catastrophically wrong, like instantly. You know, you know what? Last time you were talking about how 
your cure rate was tanking and you were losing money and the queues were insane and you like couldn't understand what was going on. And that literally happened to me between like stars two and three on Smogly because I was making money hand over fist and my reputation was just like, you know, 90% plus and my cure rate was good. I mean, it wasn't that great. It was like 70, 80%, but it was still, it was still way over what I needed to get for two stars but i needed like 90 percent cure rate for the third star and then it all just started to go wrong like patients were just vomiting and pooping in the corridors and then dying and they were like literally like there was this narrow corridor just like full of ghosts and garbage and like the reputation i think it went all the way from like pretty much at the top of the bar to basically like two percent or something it was like very poor like it literally swung all the way the other way and my cure rate was dropping to like 10 percent. it was like shocking it just all went wrong and it was actually very interesting because it was like why has this all gone wrong like what actually causes this to happen you know like what what is it about the simulation that makes it just like immediately swing the other way because that's the hospital where they introduced surgery. And for the third star, one of the objectives was to get 50 or 100 or whatever surgery cures. And so I had built like, I, I basically had a building just full of surgeries. And it was like really crammed in there with like a narrow corridor to get to all the surgeries. And I hired loads of doctors and I hired loads of nurses, you know, to staff the surgery. And then I had a marketing campaign running all the time for surgery, 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 surgery. So that was just me trying to just like churn through all the surgery cures I needed. And I figured like, oh, I'll just get 90% cure rate just by variance at some point. But I think what happened is I went over capacity and then the people who I was calling in, their health was low and it just snowballed. And then once it starts to go wrong, it just goes really wrong, really fast. I mean, in the end, I just stopped running the marketing campaigns. And I deleted like half the rooms in that hospital just to make more space for them to vomit and poop in. And then I was able to keep up with like keeping it clean and then their health didn't go down as fast because there were fewer people and they got through faster. And then it and then it went all the way back up again. But it was a really big swing all the way down and then all the way back up. That's quite good. You need to give them more space. So the the lack of hygiene was a problem. You really pushed their health low and then reduced the amount of time you had to treat them. I think the lack of hygiene, yeah, contributed to reducing. That's quite cool. The The simulation worked in its own weird way. Yeah, it's just interesting that it's that volatile, you know, like once you get queues and people are packed in together because I didn't give them much space because I was trying to be maximally efficient. So I had this narrow corridor with all the benches in. And then, yeah, once once someone vomed or they couldn't get to a toilet fast enough and they just like pooped in the corridor. Disaster. You know, and once someone dies and there's a ghost and then there's another ghost and before you know it, there's more ghosts than people. So after the, the first step, I listened to your advice, which was to have wings for diagnosis and wings for treatment. And I think that sort of solved all my problems I had. All the routine problems I had before went away. Didn't have tons of patients that running at low health and everything just, just grindy, if I'm honest. But that's okay. Kind of expect that. Yeah. And then the next hospital, meltdowns. I don't think this one was actually that interesting. So, uh, you know, in my head, it was the one that introduced disasters. But then actually, there might have been earthquakes in one of the earlier levels, too. So maybe this one just introduces a new disaster. There's lightning strikes. And, then, you know, and then later on, there's another disaster. There's like a volcano erupting, which is even worse than lightning because it literally throws fire into your building and you have to like put out the fires and stuff. So meltdowns to me was a bit of a non-event. It was just another apply my strategy again. And, you know, for one star, my strategy works fine. But... I, I think I need to I think I need to learn to give more space because I basically build rooms the minimum size and get them up to prestige by shoving a load of gold star awards in there, you know, and then I cram as many rooms as I can in the hospital. Like, I think I actually need to leave wider open spaces and build more toilets and build more staff rooms and, you know, have nice amenities, too, because I. I very rarely use any of the cooler stuff that's been unlocked. In fact, I hardly ever spent any of my kudosh. What were the last three kudosh items that you unlocked? Or items you unlocked with kudosh? Just give us a feel. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I think I bought like the big bin 
Do, do you have the hand sanitizer or do you have to buy that with kudosh? I don't know. I do have the hand sanitizer, but I don't know if I unlocked it. Yeah, I, I bought really boring things. I didn't buy anything cool, you know, because I know there's like cool, quirky, fun things. I didn't buy any of them. Do you have purple benches? Do you have silver benches? I don't have purple benches or silver benches, no. I think I bought some plants. I think I bought another kind of plant that needs less watering because I saw, I saw in the public hospital they had yucca plants, you, yeah. which require less water. And so I bought those. Like all my stuff's really functional and boring. There's a cactus as well. That doesn't need watering. Yeah, but that doesn't, that has less attractiveness too. Obviously. I was like, who wants a cactus? Yucca plants are cool. Yeah, I think I've, I've got like 10k kudosh or something. You know, like I should really just buy everything at this point. Do you have really functional hospitals? Yeah, they're really functional and have narrow corridors and they're really terrible. You know, I should I should actually play it more like a dollhouse, but I've been I've been trying to min max it as usual. It's it's my curse. I can't help it. So when you build your tech empire, we'll have narrow corridors and no amenities. Or, or maybe I'll max it. Maybe I'll just max it and it'll just be like, it'll be in a water park. I doubt it'll it. It'll be in a water park and everyone have to do their work on waterproof laptops. I don't know. I doubt it. You're more like Bezos, <laughs> yeah, I doubt it if too. I'm honest. I'm <laughs> more like Bezos. It's like, yeah. you're saying I'm bold and want to build rockets. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to be having a tech empire anytime soon. You're going to live forever. You told me you're going to live forever. You, you, you lied. You lied. I, I'm definitely not going to live forever if I have to go to a hospital I've designed. I'll tell you that. Where's the toilet? I'll just go on the floor. We've got a lot of janitors to clean it up. They're busy with the ghosts. There, there's some hand sand over there. There's some hand sand, so don't worry about it. You're right. You're right. You're right about the meltdowns. It was an on-event. I remember that. Yeah, because the thing that actually really made me think about how I'm building hospitals versus what the game designers expected you to do was... The public hospital, which is the next one, which I think is the first like really interesting level again for a while. So number one, you get this hospital and it's already kind of set up as a basic hospital. It's got a GP's office. It's got like a nurse's, some nurse, you know, diagnosis rooms, whatever. So it's already kind of functional. And the rooms are so big. They're like big and asymmetric and like kind of nice they got like rugs and plants and windows and stuff and i was just like oh is this how i was meant to be playing the game you know that's what really made me take a step back and think about it so were you just building the desk the door and lots of gold star wards was was that it yeah so for the gp office i would literally build a three by three room put the gp's desk in the middle put in a plant put in a radiator or an air conditioner and then a filing cabinet and that was it so I think it would be like two stars. And then if I had like a mission to say, hey, give us a three-star room, then I just shove in a gold star award or something. So I did start putting a rug in them after that, but I still built them three by three. Did you give them a coffee machine? There's a coffee machine? Yeah, I thought you'd give them a coffee machine so they can work for longer or stay hydrated. Wow, I wish I'd thought of that. No, I didn't build a coffee machine. I didn't even know there was a coffee machine, if I'm honest. Yeah, I, I actually, yeah, I think that was another thing I bought with Kudosh. I bought the energy drink vending machine. So I put those around the hospital. I didn't know there was an energy drink vending machine. <laughs> there you go, yeah. Yeah, everyone in my hospital is constantly just on Red Bull. Maybe that's lowering <laughs> their health as well. <laughs> maybe that's actually, maybe that's actually part of the problem. Because <laughs> it is bad for you, right? Yeah. So you do build prettier rooms. Yeah, I do. I mean... I don't know where it came from, but I always had I always had a target to have a level three prestige room. Perhaps I read that it makes my staff happier. I think, to be honest, I did also have level three a lot of the time because you get level two just by putting in the basic stuff usually. And then I'll, I'll try and get it to roll over to level three because I'm too lazy to build every room by hand. You know, I'll usually try and make like a, a level three ish room one way or another. Not necessarily by putting Gold Star Awards. The Gold Star Awards are usually take it to level four or five. And then I just copy and paste that same room over and over when I need another room of that type. So it is important to make the first room kind of nice. Yep. And then the public hospital gameplay wise is like totally different. I thought it was really interesting. I was, I was actually really wondering like, 
is this just a gameplay quirk or is this some kind of like socio-political commentary as well or maybe it's just unavoidable like they you know you you can't have one without the other because you know it's called a public hospital because the thing is you don't make money by curing people in the public hospital like you still need to cure people to get your reputation up but giving a gp consultation curing their terminal bonitis or whatever it doesn't make you any money you know it doesn't make you any money so you can have an amazing hospital that's got like a 90% cure rate but you'll just like be in terrible debt and have to close down because you didn't train a janitor or something you know it's just like total bs total bs what you have to do like literally the health minister was like restock eight vending machines and i'd be like I don't even have enough vending machines to to need restocking. Fine, I'll build a load of vending machines and make sure someone takes a drink from each one so I can restock them to get this money. You know, like you end up you end up doing bizarre things just to get the money so you can carry on building your hospital. I think that's intended. It, I mean, it definitely is intended. What worried me at the beginning is you only have one public target to work towards, and if that target is outer BS, you can really struggle with money. I'm not even sure when they unlock. The, this, when, I don't, not even sure when the second one unlocks, nor am I sure when the third one unlocks. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I don't, I don't actually really remember how many targets I had. Like maybe I was still. Maybe you get them when you get the other star levels, but I'm not sure. I'm just glad I had three to work towards at some point. So at one point, I had three buildings. I had to close down one of them. I had to cut a third of my staff because I didn't have enough money coming in, and it was funny because. My hospital didn't really cure many people, if I'm honest. I didn't have most of the treatment rooms, nor did I have many diagnosis rooms either. It was a bit poop. So how did you do it? You didn't have these problems because you were one-starring it. Yeah, I was just trying to get to the one-star. You know what? I don't even remember what the objectives I needed to fulfill to get one-star were. But yeah, I just got the one-star and then noped out. Was it cure eight bit something? Eight eight bitten. There's like cure ten of those. And I think that was the hardest. I think that was the hardest target. I I did think it was really a very interesting level from both a game design and a socio-political commentary standpoint. You know? Because things that usually are worth your while to do, like agreeing to take a bunch of emergency patients you know usually that's good because you get a sudden influx of patients usually for a disease that has a good payout for curing you know that can make you 50k easy but there's kind of no point doing it in the public hospital because you get you get nothing for doing it it just consumes a load of capacity yeah, you do. and you make no money from it either. you do get money from it i mean i guess maybe you get a good rep oh yeah, yeah. You, you get money for handling the emergency oh, yes. but you don't yes. get money yes. for curing exactly. the patients yes. Yeah, so if it's like, oh, I would need to build a new room to handle this emergency, it's kind of not worth it because you'll lose money. Whereas usually it's like, here's an emergency with a room you don't have. Great, now I've got an excuse to build that room because the emergency is going to easily cover the cost of building that room. So unless you had the building, there's no reason to handle the emergency. Yeah. I don't know, I just thought it was interesting. I mean, it's made by, I mean, two point... Two point the company. They're from the UK. I thought everyone loves the NHS. We're supposed to clap for them. It's a different kind of love. We love the people, not the organization. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, so I don't know, it was funny. I think it's just because the targets are so nonsensical. But I suppose if the targets were just the same as if you were trying to actually make a normal successful hospital, it would be boring from a gameplay standpoint, because it'd be like this is just the same thing, but with an extra level of indirection. Like the fact that the the fact that the targets can be BS stuff, like refill eight vending machines, is what makes it interesting. I, I did learn that to get monobrows, you just have to pick up the vending machine; they will just all pop out. Yeah, yeah, they're hiding underneath there, and you can get a kill streak if you click on more than one without missing. But like, I never managed to do it. Actually, I always find like I try and click on them, and I actually click on a person who's walking by instead. I'm just like, just get out the way! I'm trying to click on this freaking tiny thing. Because if you run the game at slow speed and stuff, it doesn't count either. You can only click on monobrows when the game is running at normal speed. So they thought of it. 
Click on kill them. You kill mean. them, yeah. Click on them with your crosshairs. Click on them with your sniper rifle. When you say you had to close the building, what does that even mean? Uh, close the rooms. Does that mean just sell them? No, you can just turn the room off. The lights, you turn the lights off and oh, no one goes in. You don't, I, don't, I can remove staff as well. I see. Do you, have, do you actually have to pay upkeep on rooms in Two Point Hospital? That was my assumption. I didn't have to pay the electricity bill. Yeah, I, I got to admit, this is one of those things where, like, now you've said it, it's like, because uh, you, you do get like monthly costs. You know, at the end of the month rolls around, and like a chunk of money leaves your bank account. But I've never really looked at what that's comprised of. Like, I just assumed it was nearly all staff costs. But yeah, I'd never considered shutting off a room. I've never done it. Yeah, I mean, it was also to prevent my staff, ultimately to prevent my staff from going to the room and serving patients there, because I don't want them going there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spreading out, people walking around yeah. pointlessly, draining their health. Interesting, interesting. I just think it's funny. I, I didn't even realise you could do that. Yeah, because like, I had to, you know, I did start doing a lot of the things that I hadn't been doing before after my debacle with Smogly. You know, I did start assigning staff to specific rooms because I was just like, why is my expert surgeon working in the GP surgery? You know, like stuff like this started happening because I just had so many doctors and I had to go and literally be like, you're a GP, you're a GP, you're a GP. Yes, you're a good. surgeon, you know. Like, you're my researcher. Please don't work in the GP's office. You are like a super expert GP and diagnostic person. Please don't work in the surgery or something, you know. Well, maybe not the surgery because you need a specialization for that. But you know what I mean. Yeah, you didn't aim, you didn't go for the 90% cure rate. You did. Well, I did in Smogly because I Smogly was the last one where I went for three stars. And I, I really hard had if to, you don't know, you know. Oh, man. That's the first time when it all went wrong. You have to think about 90%. Yeah, exactly. I would say that's in a good way. You might say it's it was not worth it or painful or it was dumb. No, I think, it, I th- I think that's... I mean, we can do this in the summary at the end, but I do think, yeah, it is uh, it is good that the game kind of operates on those two levels. Something else. Okay. Something, I, don't know, I don't know where you came across this. Did you come across this in the public health hospital, the epidemic events? Yeah, I think the public hospital is the first time it happened. So from that level onwards, you get epidemics. And, you know... This box pops up explaining, hey, there's an epidemic and you need to vaccinate people. And I was like, oh, cool. It's topical for like the real world right now. And then I read what you had to do. And I was like, that's not how vaccines work. You know, maybe this is why there are so many crazy vaccine deniers, you know, because they've been playing two point hospital. Like, that's not how a vaccine works. Because it warns you, hey, there's this highly infectious disease going around. I think the one that you get in the public health hospital is called like the abominable curse. And it makes you walk around like an Egyptian mummy. I mean, to be honest, it's a kind of like a lazy reuse of assets because it's basically they're just using the walk cycle from the premature mummification disease, but without the mummification texture, whatever. So people walk around like they're an Egyptian mummy and you need to identify these infectious patients and vaccinate them. That's not how vaccines work. If they're already sick, it's too late to vaccinate them. That totally didn't click with that. You should be vaccinating all the other people and you should be giving them some sort of miracle cure or isolating them, yeah, right? quarantining them. That's not how vaccines work. Actually, that, that's actually a better sort of gameplay mechanic right there. You have to isolate the... Um, you have to quickly sort of pull them out of the <laughs> yeah our common spaces opens gen pop you've got to build like a quarantine ward and you've got to put them in there and then they start posting on twitter how you're violating their rights and then you make them wear a mask and then there's a big showdown <laughs> give them gruel but seriously that's not how vaccines work as a gameplay mechanic it works though you just need to find the you have to find the four infected if you get there quick enough shoot them all with the, the vaccine after the fact, and you complete the mission. Uh, you know, the abominable curse one is quite straightforward because it's pretty obvious to spot someone who's walking like an Egyptian mummy. But it, I think it might be in the next level, then they actually introduce the disease, premature mummification. And then 
there are people who are walking around like Egyptian mummies anyway, but, you know, covered in mummy bandages. And I was like, does this just mean that the people who are covered in mummy bandages can't have abominable curse? But no, it's possible for them to also be the epidemic patients. And then it's much harder to spot because, you know, in the symptoms, it says walk around like an Egyptian mummy and have a highly infectious is it cough or a sneeze, whatever. And so if it's the premature mummification people, you've got to keep an eye on them and try and see if they cough or sneeze, which is, you know, you've got to catch it when they cough or sneeze. Or you can just vaccinate all of them as well and just waste some vaccines. What happens if you just let the epidemic take over? Yeah, I don't know, because I never did that. Because I'm too much of a gamer. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think it does spread. Like, I, there was one point when it was abominable curse and there was premature mummification, whatever. And I was unsure which of the mummies was carrying it. And then it spread. And then I suddenly had like another, like six people I had to find after the initial four. So it does spread. I guess if it spreads out of control, like beyond what you have vaccines for, then you like, you lose the event and something else will happen. But I actually didn't see what happened when that happens. That would make a great shirt. I'm too much of a gamer. That's a terrible show. Sorry, it's like too much of a meme. I couldn't help it. I couldn't help but say it. But it's like a ter- it's a terrible thing. You should be. You should. You should probably be a bit embarrassed. You know. I mean, I'm embarrassed. Is, it's my min maxing. I just can't help the world it. What has changed, Mike? It's a different world now. levels which i've not played now yeah so there are three more levels of the game pelican wharf which is obviously a play on canary wharf rotting hill which is a play on notting hill and then crockenbush which is which is just a very fancy dessert i guess what so, happens to all the holiday islands holiday levels oh you're right you're right I forgot about those. They were like a non-event. Sorry. You're right. There's like a whole other world of levels that I've just like completely skipped over because they were boring. I just remember I had to use air conditioning units. I don't, I didn't play much of them if I'm honest. Yeah. That, that's the thing. They're basically, they're basically just more of the same, except that it's air conditioners instead of heaters. And there are more infectious diseases. There are more epidemics. You're advised to put hand sanitizers everywhere to keep hygiene up. Yeah, you're right. I completely skipped over them because I thought they were kind of like meh. They they introduced some new diseases, but it was kind of more of the same. I think mechanically, you know, the epidemics, there was that new disaster, the volcano, you know, I don't know. Do you have anything more to say about them? Nope. Yeah, I just I just kind of went through them, but I didn't have anything much to say about them, to be honest. And yeah, Pelican Pelican Wharf is the first one where I I felt like something interesting happened to me. Since you are told it's a high tech district, you need to like do research and the one star objective is something like get two level three researchers and then or maybe it's even three level three researchers and then two stars and then three stars that's like, you know, level four researchers and finally like a level five researcher. So, you know, you're expected to build a research lab and, and train these people and you get like complicated diseases that need like higher tier machinery to cure, or at least you need to upgrade machines because that, again, that's one of the requirements. So that's like the shtick of the level. And I just painted myself into a corner. It just all went a bit wrong. I think I overextended myself at the start and I just found myself in a bad situation. You know, so I built a research lab because I knew I needed one for the level, because it was literally one of the objectives. But then I kind of ran out of money, because, you know, in Pelican Wharf, the buildings are really expensive. Like, I think to buy another building was like 90,000 
dollars and i did not have ninety thousand dollars in fact i had i had like maybe like fifty thousand and then the month's you know outgoings were paid out and then i had like twenty thousand and i was like "Uh uh-oh what am i gonna do because i wasn't really covering costs and then it popped up hey can you handle this emergency for a jest infection but i didn't have like the declownifier room because it would cost like 30 something thousand and i didn't even have any room to put it so i couldn't like take out a loan and put down the room either which is a shame because obviously i kind of needed that cash i would have got from curing those clowns you know so i was kind of in a corner curing those clowns (laughs) yeah i know how does that sound so i guess i could have taken out some big loans and tried to buy the building but i think it would have just been a downward spiral you know, is, is how it felt. Or I could have sold a load of other rooms to build like the thing for that emergency. But then I, I felt like I'm going to get another emergency soon as well. Like it's just, I just couldn't see myself getting out of it. And I was like, should I start again? Should I start again? But then I thought, no, wait, I can abuse the research system for fun and profit. Because I'd already noticed, I think I mentioned it last time. If you start research in one hospital and then have that same research project in a different hospital the research points count together and i wasn't sure if that was only for the things you can research only once like the machine upgrades or if it counts to the repeatable research too like the general research which pays out 20k you know cash when you finish it and so while i still had positive cash i started a general research project in this hospital where i was about to run out of money and then i switched back to the teaching hospital like from a long 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 time ago it was like milton or something yeah and that hospital was already three stars and had a crazy cure rate and like whole empty buildings that i hadn't touched and i had millions of dollars and i just spent like one and a half million dollars building like the largest research room imaginable like it took up pretty much like an entire building And then, well, and then I set it to research, general research, and it got to like 99% complete in a few seconds. And then I paused the game and I switched back to Pelican Wharf and cha-ching, I instantly got 20k. And so I instantly queued up another general research and then flipped back and flipped back again. Cha-ching, I got another 20k. And so that's how I got through that level. Well done, Mike. Well done for breaking the game. Yeah, well, you know, I just cheated myself out of playing it properly, let's be honest here. You know, I did feel kind of bad about doing it. It's like, I didn't learn anything, I just abused the system. Because I guess these levels are meant to be hard, but... Yeah. Whoops. I I just wanted to get through at this point. I I think it's okay. I think it's okay. I mean, I... I researched everything. Once I built that crazy research room, I researched everything that could be researched as well in just a few minutes. I'm sure it's not intended, but it is possible. Uh, Yeah. You should share this crazy research room. Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, I can put it up on the blog. And then, yeah, the, you know, the penultimate level, Rotting Hill, I think it's trying to force you to take out a loan because you actually start out in the red. Had you taken a loan out up to now? No. Yeah, that's what it sounded like. Terrible. Yeah, because I, I probably should have taken one out in Pelican Wharf as well if I didn't abuse the research system. Have you not read Rich Dad, Poor Dad? You've got to take out loans. You've got to take out loans. That's how you make money. Oh, this is the problem. Yeah, I've, I'm clearly too risk averse. I've got issues, you know. So clearly have too much. No, I've, I've lost a lot. Oh dear, let's not, let's not talk <laughs> about that. My investment's not so good. So... They really want you to take out a loan in Rotting Hill because you start out with minus 7k and you've got a hospital with like rooms already built, but they're kind of in a state of disrepair. Like there's a huge bathroom and all the toilets are clogged. So I was about to take out a loan, but, you know, because I had just been doing the stupid research thing on the level before, I was like, wait a minute, how much is the room worth? And I clicked on the bathroom and I saw it was worth like, you know, 5k or something. And then 
there was a psychiatrist's office as well, but like none of my staff were trained in psychiatry. And it was a big office. Like it had a big footprint. And how like how much is that worth? And that was also worth like 5K. So I was like, I can just sell both of these useless rooms and then I can have a positive balance again. And so instead of taking it alone, I just sold those two rooms and then was able to run the hospital back into a profit and then build up from there. So I, I never took out a loan. I, I learned nothing. I learned nothing. I'm sorry. I think you demonstrated that your your approach works. Yeah, I, di- I didn't even cheese it by research. You know, I never even built the research lab in this level. So I kind of did do it properly. But at the same time, I didn't do what was intended, I feel like. You also have to make the staff happy. And I just gave everyone massive pay rises because there's a give everyone a 1% pay rise button. And I just started spamming that at the end. I was just like, why is no one happy? Why is no one happy? I was like building all these nice things. Like, why is no one happy? Fine. I was going to throw money at the problem. I was like, 1%, 1%, 1%, 1%. I I think I gave everyone like a 20 or 30% pay rise in the end. (laughs) Well, did you do the whole... Everyone's happy. Oh, see you guys. I'm done. <laughs> and he just left the building. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It went cha-ching and I got the one star and I was like, right, bye. I'm moving on. I'm moving on to pastors new. You know, leave on a high note. Leave on a high note. Always leave them wanting more. Leave the, 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 the schmuck after you to have to fix everything. You know, all the financial problems you've created. <laughs> exactly. That's right. That's why you should leave a job after three years. It's like the perfect peak. When you've done all the good stuff, give everyone a pay rise. Any problems? Done. And then leave. Give everyone a thirty percent pay rise. The next CFO is going to have a fun time. What's this massive hole in the balance sheet? Oh, the previous guy gave everyone a thirty percent pay rise. We're all so happy. <laughs> it's like the hospital's going under next week. We can't afford this. Uh, don't worry. We'll build a research lab before we go into the red. I know a guy. We can make some easy money. Yeah. So anyway, that was my playthrough. You got any other anecdotes? What happened in the final level? Is the final level full of, is a relentless tide of emergencies, epidemics, fires? I think the final level is just everything in the game so far. It just gives you everything. But I didn't really play it. I literally clicked into it and looked at it. And I was like, I feel like I've played enough. Okay. Sorry. I think we've... I think it sounds like we've played enough of the game. we can summarize so what did i want to say i want to say that i was right this really is a game about queuing and making queues efficient is fun but then you already knew this you like logistic sims it is interesting to think about it from that angle because you know it's like a logistic sim where you're building all these like supply lines and whatever but you know if you take too long to process the material it gets sick and dies right (laughs) like iron ingots don't do that you know, so it is, it's a bit different, but I don't think it's obvious that it is a logistics game in that sense, you know, but you're right that it is. It's like everyone flows into the reception, which flows into the GP's offices, which flows into the diagnostic rooms, you know, but there's like not an explicit conveyor belt to funnel one from the other. Like the people are free agents and they walk from one to the other, but the capacity is still an issue. And if you get the capacity wrong, it, it can go wrong very fast. You know, once the system gets snarled up, bad things happen. And you have to worry about routing. You have to make sure that all the diagnosis rooms are in a collection or close together. And the same with the treatment. Get them out of the way. You don't need them to be so close to GP's office, etc. I did think it was interesting that there's the tick box for go back to the GP's office before treatment. Like, I was really wondering why that checkbox exists 
from both a game design and a gameplay perspective, if you think about it. Because the GP's office is potentially a huge, huge bottleneck, right? Everyone needs to go to the GP's office, or unless they're an emergency patient, everyone needs to go to the GP's office before they go anywhere else in the hospital. So it makes sense to build a reception and then have all the GP's officers immediately after that. And then after that, people need to go through diagnosis. And then after they've been diagnosed, they go to treatment. But if you, if you haven't checked that tick box to say, go straight to treatment, they have to go back to the GP office and get back into that queuing, including, you know, where new people are coming in as well. And question one, why have the game work like that? I guess it's because that's how things work in real life. But then why give the option to turn it off? You know, why would you leave it on? Does it improve their chances of a successful cure? Or, you know, are you able to skip it because it lets you have a more efficient hospital from a routing perspective? You know, because it's, otherwise it's hard to like have a GP's office, but this is a GP's office just like for final, you know, diagnosis before you go to treatment, separate from the GP's offices for like initial registration diagnosis. I don't know. You see what I mean? I know what you mean. Or, you know, is... Or is the expectation that you might want to let that happen because it's just it's just extra money? It's like free money. I don't know. I just oh, I just I found the existence of that checkbox interesting. I didn't even think about the the, the free money perspective. Yeah, because if they talk to the GP, you're going to make like five hundred dollars ish, and it's up to you to decide whether it's worth it versus the routing, you know, potential backlogs that come about. Because there's no there's no context to that checkbox, right? It just says allow. I don't know what it says. Go go straight to treatment, basically. Okay. If you know after you've been through diagnosis and your diagnosis threshold is above whatever you've set the threshold to be to go to treatment, you can just go straight to treatment instead of going to a GP and the GP sending you to treatment. So I always have it set to go straight to treatment. Yeah, I think it alleviates a lot of pressure on the GP officers and it makes it easier to route the hospital because you can have it go basically GPs to diagnosis to treatment without them having to go from treatment back to GPs and then to diagnosis. So I, I just found it interesting that the box exists. You know, it's like an oddly indecisive bit of game design. Uh, well put, yes. Yeah, it, it, it feels like their design team had an argument and they were like, oh, let's just put a checkbox in and move on. You know, like, I wonder if there's a deeper reason to it existing. Or if it's meant to mimic real life or whatever. I just, I just was really interested that it exists. It seems very odd. I think at the end of part one, we weren't sure how these mechanics all came into play. So that I felt like there were a lot of mechanics in play or could be utilized, but we didn't really know the impact of them. I mean, so for now, even now, some of them I still don't really understand the importance of. So staff rooms for certain employees, bathrooms for... I don't know what you can do with the bathrooms, if I'm honest, but you can... You can have gendered bathrooms, for example. Yep. And things like resting policies, at what point do they rest for, and I don't know what other break policies you can have, but lots of other sort of mechanics which I've not engaged with. Yeah, that's the thing I think that's quite interesting about the game, because, you know, I said earlier, it kind of works on two levels. I think if you're just going through and one-starring everything the game is a lot more wishy-washy than if you're trying to three-star everything. Like, I think if you're trying to three-star every level, it will take a long time. And you actually really do need to optimize stuff. You know, some of the things like gendered bathrooms, I don't know if they really do make that much of an impact. But for other things like, you know, the final diagnosis GP checkbox, or what should the, you know, diagnosis confidence percentage be like i feel like there probably are optimum values for that and also like what to train your staff in and things like that like i'm sure there are things you can do to min max and really optimize your hospital if you want to get like really high morale and really high reputation and really high cure rate but for just one star you don't need to worry about a lot of that and you can play it just more like a dollhouse i think and then like if you're playing it like a dollhouse that's when all the cool and cute stuff like you know, the additional kudosh items, like you can just put roses everywhere if you feel like it. Or, you know, I can just build a big cafeteria because why not? 
you know, like a real hospital's got a cafeteria, so I want to build one too. Wait, wait, wait. Did you build any cafeterias? I, I built one once. No one ever used it. It's probably because I tucked it away in a random bit of the hospital. I should probably have put it near reception. But yeah, you know, like sometimes I built these rooms just to try them out. And then I was like, why did I build that? What was the point? I always build a cafeteria. I wonder why now. I hope I'm making money, a lot of money from them. Yeah, I think I, I'm just playing it, you know, I'm not playing it enough like a doll's house. That's the thing. I, I'm just playing it in a very boring, trying to optimize my way to one star as quickly as possible. But like the whole point is like, for one star, you don't need to do that. But I was doing that anyway. And yeah, there's a lot of game here. You know, I think if you actually want to get three stars, there's a lot of hours of game here. You know, is it fun? It depends how much you enjoy that kind of thing. There's also just so much DLC. It's crazy how much DLC there is for this game. There's like 10 DLCs or something. Yeah, I remember, I remember seeing all the, is it checkbox? I don't know. In the main menu, you have a bunch of boxes to tell you which DLC you have. It's all grayed out. Yeah. Yeah. And there's loads of social stuff too. There's loads of like viral social marketing stuff to try and convince you to get your friends to play this game too. Like you can challenge your friends or there's the research projects where you need a friend to help you on it, which you never did, by the way. I we still totally never did completed it. that research. I totally did. I it didn't show up. Really? It didn't show up for me. Maybe it's just bugged. I never got it. I joined it. Then it disappeared. I assumed I had done it. Oh, maybe it was just bugged. What was the reward? I don't know. I never got the reward, but it doesn't matter. I just thought it was funny. Like, there's, there's a lot of stuff that's trying to encourage you. And I, and I think each higher tier needs another friend because you can do the first one on your own. Then the second tier needs two people. And then the next one of that needs three people. So, you know, it's obviously trying to encourage you to get your friends to play this game too. Sneaky. We didn't engage with it. I mean, we played this so late. Everyone else has already played it and moved on, I think. Yeah, maybe. But, you know, it's good. At least we, we played something off the backlog. For once. <laughs> so, for once I want to rate the game because this is 100% a 8 out of 10 game. It's one of those where it does, it literally does the bare minimum to make itself a good game. <laughs> a very good game even. But you can see there's, there's, it's missing so many things it feels like. I couldn't tell you what they are. Does that make sense? <laughs> I was going to say, what do you think's missing? And then you said, I couldn't tell you what they are. And I was like, oh, okay. I couldn't tell you what's missing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's good, but not great. I think it it really nails the nostalgia. It, it's, it's just like, it's like Theme Hospital, but again, is my impression. Although I didn't play that much Theme Hospital. I know, you I'd hope you wouldn't play 40 hours of a game for just pure nostalgia. I think people did. Actually, to be no, honest, I mean, I didn't, I played eight hours and then put it down because I'd played this before. I did, I did get sucked into the nostalgia. I was like, you know what? I would like to play Two Point Hospital. And I played eight hours and I was like, yeah, I'm done with it. You know, but I played 40 hours for the podcast. I hope you're happy. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. So what I wanted to say is first half, yes, nostalgia. Second half, I played it for the game. You know, it does stand on its own two feet, four feet, two feet, two feet. It's two point feet. Well, yes. it, it's good. it is a good game it is a good game and the thing is like the more I played it the more I kind of wanted to play it in a way you know like there were several times when I got that one star and I was really tempted just to go for two and three as well you know it's it's good but I could already tell it was going to you know it was long enough just to even one star everything you know so in terms of value for money great but it's also very samey. Like you can apply that same strategy and it will get you pretty far. And then it just becomes this like weird micromanagement optimization game to get you over the line for the, you know, the higher tiers of stars. But, you know, I mean, there's lots and there's lots of free updates too. the whole remix thing I did think was interesting as well. And, you know, they gave that away for free. So, yeah, it's a good game. It's certainly an eight out of ten. I'm not sure I enjoyed it. You know, what does it take to become a 9 out of 10 or a 10 out of 10? I don't know. It didn't, it didn't have the emotional connection for me. But I did enjoy it. But I'm definitely done with it. <laughs> definitely. And I don't, know if you, they, I don't know if we can apply the same template to Two Point Academy and expect it to be good. Yeah, Two Point Academy is really interesting as well. I'm, I'm really curious how it's going to go. I mean, am I curious enough to play it? I don't know. When they first announced it, I thought it was a no-brainer. But now I've played a lot of Two Point Hospital. I think mm, you've got to be careful with this one. It's not a it's not a, a certainty that this will be fun. 
Because you, you could just reskin Two Point Hospital, but that would be boring and bad. Right? But you couldn't, though, because everyone's played Two Point Hospital. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So that's why you kind of need to think about how is education different to, you know. But that's, that's the thing that actually makes it interesting, right? Because in the same way with health, you've got like public hospitals and private hospitals. You know, you've got like the everyone needs it. It should be done for the public. And you've got like, no, we need to make a profit here. And education is the same. You know, they found another industry that has that same tension. And yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting because do you make an education institution that's all about like the greater good and our mission is to like educate the youth and, you know, produce amazing scholars? Or do you make like a degree mill to just like, here's a piece of paper, give us 50 grand. Perfect. And it's worth nothing. But at the same time, it's worth 50 grand. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm, do, I, do I just love the drama that comes from socio-political commentary it's like it's like hilarious until it's not funny at all anymore you know it's funny until it affects you yeah at least i still have my health for the moment though i've got no insurance it's fine there's public health in hong kong and the uk i can just never go to america so what's the next book club game this could have gone either way for a while, you know. There's a lot of umming and ahhing, but it's my pick, and it was going to be Death Loop. But now it's Metroid Dread, which is a short one as well. I think it's it's only what like eight to twelve hours, which is not long for a sixty dollar game, and it's also not on the backlog. Whoops! No one's paying RRP or SRP whatever msrp or whatever msrp yeah, yeah, yeah. please don't six, pay 60 dollars for this game I, I can i say that can, you, i'm not sure you can say that do you see kotaku basically was advocating piracy the other day that was the other drama about this game <laughs> oh my. kotaku was like hey you can just get it off the internet and play it on an emulator and it's like you you, you can't say that kotaku for sure can't say that about like a newly released nintendo title like that's not okay yeah to be honest Originally, I was going to pick Deathloop, but then a friend of mine was like, oh, yeah, I'm done with Metroid Dread already. Do you want it? And I was like, yes, please. So, yeah, I'm not paying $60 for it. I'm borrowing a copy. And it's only 8 to 12 hours long, so I'll be done with it pretty soon. It's easy for you too, right? You can play it on the go. Yes, yes. Yeah, so the next book club game is Metroid Dread. We were Lost Levels Club. We still are Lost Levels Club. Please, please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. Please, please, please. You can find us on email. Mike.and.ting at lostlevels.club. On Twitter. At Lost Levels Club. On Twitch. As Lost Levels Club. Anywhere else? Reddit slash r slash Lost Levels Club. So, Mike, what are you grateful for today? I am grateful that I still have my health. A lot, you know what? This it must be the age we're getting to. A lot of friends seem to be having a lot of health problems, and touch wood. So far, I seem to be fine. I'm grateful I don't have to use a hospital that I designed. So Michael says bye. Bye bye. <laughs>